is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Good evening, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is the Talking Dead podcast number 489, recorded on Thursday, June the 18th, 2020. Hello, Jason Miles. How are you doing this week? I'm doing as well as can be expected, Christopher. How about yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. You know, it it feels like it's been a while since we've podcasted, although we've been sort of on an every other week schedule for uh, a month or two month and a half now, but it, it hasn't been three weeks or four weeks. No, it's only been two. Oh my God. I know, but it feels like a long time. And I wonder if that's because, uh, you and I didn't even talk that much this week, which is unusual for us. Yeah. There was very little chatting. Uh, I've been mired in work and, uh, life. Yeah. As have and I actually you, worked. You've been absent and, uh, <laughs> unusually cold. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry about that. I'll try to warm up, but no work has been, you know, a busy slog for a little while for both of us, I think. And, uh, a lot of things going on in the world, but, um, I guess, uh, I guess we were just busy with other things, but it was unusual and it made the, it made the two weeks pass slowly or something. It does feel slow. It feels very slowly. Yeah. Well, here we are uh, into, you know, halfway through June. Good Lord, where does the time go? Um, We're still, of course, dealing with this global coronavirus pandemic that is, that has shut down the planet. Well, good portions of it anyways. Uh, Where you and I live, they are slowly phasing in a reopening strategy. And in fact, where you live, even more so than where I live, because I am, yeah. I am sort of closer to the center of the city and, uh, we're, I don't know, taking it slower where I am. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it does feel like things are coming back online, but slowly and slow is good. You know, let's do it right. Let's do it slowly. Let's take our time, uh-huh. make sure everything's okay. I heard a new, uh, a new phrase last week that we've been unhinged from the future. Which, you know, we're kind of, you know, I phrased it for a long time is that, uh, you know, we're on pause. Yeah. Right. We just, the whole world is paused, but mm-hmm. unhinged from the future, which means, you know, it's hard to make plans. It's like, well, what, when do you want to take vacation this summer? I don't know. What's the point? Well, you, right? you, you barely can plan that. Yeah. You just don't know what's going to happen. Even, even in the sort of medium term, right? Like if things don't go well and all of a sudden there's a giant resurgence of this thing, we might have to lock down the whole country again. And good Lord, nobody wants that. No, nobody wants that. But we're slowly uh, re-engaging with the future, Mm. Uh, planning, being able to plan things, being able to go and pick up stuff. Uh, You know, it's it's still a bit weird, but uh, hopefully things will come back online slowly, slowly, and, you know, steadily. Mm-hmm. And and things will get back to semi kind of normal-ish, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's about all you can hope for at, at this point. But you're right. I mean, slow and steady is, it, it seems to be, and I, I fully believe it's the right way to do it. Uh, you just need to take your time with this because if all of a sudden there's a real hard resurgence, it's not going to be good for anyone. So yeah, uh, we're just, we're just trying to, to do our thing here, but, um, 
Yeah. So, you know, we've been able to get out a little bit more. Uh, we've been able to get closer with some of the neighbors that, uh, that we've always been close with and the kids have really good friends, you know, close yeah. by that we haven't been able to see as much lately. So that has been nice, but you know, slow and steady. So. Yeah. The way I going. figure it is that, uh, you know, we've, we've had to fragment our society into little tiny groups, right? Families, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, huddle up with your family and don't talk to anybody else. Or don't, <laughs> uh, don't engage with anybody else, you know, you know, physically distance from the rest of the world. But now it feels like we can, uh, huddle up in l- a bit larger groups. Right. Yeah. You know, still isolate, but isolate the group and not just the individual family. That's right. right? So you can hang around with some friends, but you know, don't go to a ball game. Kind of thing. <laughs> don't get in a crowd of five thousand people and all hug. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it also mm-hmm. makes you realize just how much we spit on each other <laughs> on a regular basis, right? Because that's how it transmits. So just like holy crap, we spend a lot of time spitting on each other. Uh, and getting each other's bodily fluids in our bodies. So gross. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing we've survived this far, really. Uh, yeah. but, but as our prime minister said, we spend an awful lot of time speaking moistly. <laughs> yes. And that's, that's true. just disturbing. <laughs> it is very disturbing. All right. Well, I, I'm glad to hear things are okay. I hope everything, you know, for the li- everyone listening is, is, you know, pretty good or, or going well. Um, you know, as we, as we slowly reopen society here, but what are we going to do on the podcast today? Well, I have two things to announce. We are going to talk about the recent movie, The Invisible Man, which I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to doing. And before that, we actually have some pretty good Walking Dead news to cover. So uh, that's going to be good too. But before all that, The one other thing I have to do, Jason, is wish you and everyone out there a very wonderful international picnic day. Oh, picnic day. Now, I realize that this might not quite be the time to engage in a picnic, but if you are doing so with your immediate family or with those people that you can group up with safely, then maybe, maybe now is the time, in fact, to... Enjoy yourself a nice picnic. And maybe that's in your backyard, or if you don't have a yard, maybe you have a, a balcony or some sort of little patio or something like that that you can get outside, throw down a blanket, eat some sandwiches, and get attacked by ants. Uh, yeah. I mean, that and sounds like a picnic to me. And if you can do that, then great. Yeah. Instead of eating on the floor, go eat on the ground. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> if you've been eating on your kitchen floor for the last uh, four months, uh, you know, get off the floor, go outside eat on the ground. I mean, mix it up a little. Come on. Right? Yeah. Put down a blanket. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, according to the internet, International Picnic Day is celebrated in many countries, though its origins are uncertain. <laughs> right. So, uh, <laughs> t- you know, take that for what it is. But uh, if you can get together with people you like, people you enjoy hanging out with to have a picnic, then why not? It's actually today. And, uh, so maybe you can celebrate International Picnic Day on the weekend if you want, if, you know, today or the next day isn't that convenient. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's Thursday, but I guess it all depends on when you're listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit late right now on Thursday, but picnic day. All right. There you go. All right, Jason, it is time to get caught up on the Walking Dead news. 
The Walking Dead News. Our first item in the news this time is very exciting. And it is that season 10, the season 10 finale has an air date. Really? Well, apparently. The only problem is it's a little bit of a secret still. <laughs> oh, so, okay. So it has an air date. They just are not telling anybody what it is. Well, Robert Kirkman, you know him, the creator of The Walking Dead, uh-huh. was on a, was interviewed on a YouTube channel called Cartoonist Kfabi or Kfabe or something like that. I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce that. K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. Cartoonist Kfabe. And he said on this YouTube channel, the old Walking Dead show will be coming back, will be airing. I know dates. I don't think they're public, but we have the finale of season 10 and there will be more Walking Dead television for you to watch somewhere in the future. So he said he knows the dates. They just haven't announced them yet. So it's, it's a matter of teasing out the lies from that statement. Right? Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So they don't know any dates and they are public. So, cause if everything he says is a lie, you just got to take the opposite of everything he says. So yeah, maybe they say they know the dates are just not public. Uh, then they don't know the dates, but those unknown dates are public and the walking dead will not be back. Oh no, we don't want that. <laughs> we don't want that. I'm, I'm going to choose to believe that someone has set a date to him and he's gone like, yeah, sure. sounds good to me. And, uh, and they just haven't let us know yet, but yeah. Here's... What they did was they wrote a date on the bag of money that they handed to him. Here's your, <laughs> right. here's your monthly bag of money. There's a date on there. Yeah, yeah, got it. Maybe, you know what? Maybe it was a check and that's the date that he can cash the check, but he misinterpreted it. Oh, I see. So it's I don't know. Dated. Well, anyways. People um, don't write checks anymore. I know that, but I don't know. Maybe they do in the TV industry. Here's some more information though. California has officially allowed TV production to resume as of June 12th. So as of right now, that was about a week ago. So some TV programs are back in production. And as we know, The Walking Dead didn't have any filming left to do, or if it did, it was like 10 minutes of filming. Most of what they had to finish was uh, post-production work, some effects, things like that. So um, you would think the moment they were able to resume safely and under certain guidelines, they would get people back in studios to be finishing off what they need to finish off for this episode. So mm-hmm. that's been happening for about a week now. And there is a great deal of speculation on the internet that The Walking Dead episode 16 will actually premiere during San Diego Comic-Con this year. Now, what is the deal with San Diego Comic-Con, you may ask? Because Well, that, my actual question was, that's happening? <laughs> well... It is and it isn't. It's not happening uh, as it traditionally does in a big event where thousands of people get together and all cram into rooms and, and uh, you know, get in close contact. They've canceled all of that. Uh, right. they, but they are doing a San Diego Comic-Con at home uh, edition this year. So it's all online and, uh, and people are, will be able to watch live streams of events and things like that. So... They're still going to be able to do something. And here's the thing. There won't be a, a season 11 trailer released this summer during right. Comic-Con because they just haven't started filming it yet. They have nothing to show us. So I think, and a lot of people think, that instead 
they will premiere episode 16 during San Diego Comic-Con for everybody. And that's when, you know, maybe you'll be able to stream it as part of the convention, but it'll also just air on AMC and be available to everybody. So right. uh, that seems like a pretty likely occurrence to me, which means that uh, San Diego Comic-Con is about a month away. It's July 22 to 26. So in about four right. weeks, we could have the finale of The Walking Dead finally. Well, does that mean I'll be able to go to the San Diego Comic-Con this year? I mean, do I have to buy tickets still? Do I still have to wait in some kind of virtual line? I don't know about the line, but I don't believe you'll have to buy tickets. I think San Diego Comic-Con will be free for everybody to watch and participate in from the comfort of your couch at home. All right. I better start working on my costume. (laughs) You better. Yeah. From the waist up. That's right. right. Yeah. Well, you know, am I going to be able to be on camera or is that just mm. going to be able to watch? Well, like, is it, I don't know if it's participatory. I couldn't tell you. I'm not really sure, but I, I wouldn't take any chances. So start working on your costume just in case. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too, is that the walking dead, the world beyond the new show was supposed to premiere as the, the main show wrapped up. So I wonder if we're going to get that at comic-con as well. We might, I mean, there could be a lot of Walking Dead going on at San Diego this year. Well, how are they going to do panels? Right? They're, I assume they're still going to do panels. They just they'll be like uh, you know online meetings. Yeah, they will. Um, in fact, I separated it out here. But my next item in the news was that Robert Kirkman will be hosting a couple of panels at the Comic Con this year, which actually is called San Diego Comic Con at Home. So that's nice. that's the official name of it. Um, before we get to that, though, just really quick, uh, Greg Nicotero also had a little, some comments about the season finale. He's done some interviews recently, and, you know, of course, he gave the traditional, it's really good, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be the best season finale we've had in a, in, in years, and so on. Um, yeah. He also made some other comments, though, that uh, were kind of spoilery, in my opinion, so I'm actually not going to say them here, uh, but if you want to find those... They're out there. So go to the internet, do a search for, you know, Greg Nicotero, Walking Dead, something. You'll find those interviews. They're minor spoilers, I think, but enough that I wouldn't want to repeat them here just in case anyone's super sensitive. So uh, there's a bit more information out there about the finale. You can find it if you uh, really want to. Okay, so San Diego Comic-Con at home. As I said, it's July 22 to 26. Kirkman will be doing two panels or at least participating in two panels that will be streamed online. I don't have the specific dates and times for them yet, but the first one is going to be in conversation with Robert Kirkman. So that one's all about him. He'll be talking about The Walking Dead. He'll be talking about other properties that he writes and owns, I'm sure. And um, one of the things I believe he will be talking about will be his new animated tv show that he's developing with amazon which is based on his invincible comic series oh yeah i don't know if you know those at all i don't think you've read any right no no they're pretty cool i read a whole bunch of them years ago when uh when it was still running and i do i did enjoy them it's about sort of a uh you know high school superhero his name his superhero name is invincible there's some other superheroes involved too but it was pretty cool What's most exciting, though, for me 
uh, is this show will be animated but geared at adults. And some of the voice acting is really good. It has Steven Yeun, who, of course, oh, you, yeah. you know from Walking Dead. It's got J.K. Simmons, who love him. everybody loves. Sandra Oh, also very good. Canadian. And Mark Hamill. Not Canadian. Not Canadian, but you probably but still good. probably know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so those are some those are some pretty good uh, you know voice actors right there. So I'm looking forward to that show. But um, that's one of the things Robert Kirkman will be talking about. I suspect as San Diego Comic Con at home goes on. The other panel that he'll be on is called Skybound Presents Comics and Creators. So he'll just be one of I think many comic writers. Uh, involved in that one but also could be interesting and likely he'll be asked questions about the walking dead because of course that's what he's most known for right cool yeah so san diego comic-con is definitely happening there is definitely going to be some walking dead content and hopefully the season 10 finale will be part of that because I'm really looking forward to it. And if that's the case, that's only about a month away. So July 22nd, you said, right? Uh, that's when it starts. It's 22nd to 26th. And uh, whatever the Sunday in there is, you would think, is when it premieres on uh, AMC. I wonder if they'll do something like, you know, stream it to people online the night before or something like that and then air it on AMC. I don't know. We just don't know. And then uh, Walking Dead World Beyond, who knows as well. Maybe they'll premiere that as well, unless they've changed their plans, and that will come later. But uh, either way, we should be getting some new Walking Dead stuff in uh, the relatively near future. I'm excited about that. Me too. All right, speaking of conventions, uh, another one, another big popular one called Wizard World is going completely virtual this year. Again, no one's going to be getting together in a big sweaty mass of humanity in a conference center anywhere. And this one is coming up really soon. They're doing a virtual event on June the 26th at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's a free live Q&A panel with a bunch of cast members of The Walking Dead, including Chandler Riggs, Xander Berkeley, David Morrissey, and Iron E. Singleton. And there's a few others as well. So if you want to check that out, that is at wizardworld.com, but it's soon. June 26th, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss it. That is a week from tomorrow. That's also my 21st wedding anniversary, June 26th. 21 years? Oh my God. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> I remember when it was nine. Do you? Is that? I remember I was around for your ninth anniversary. I'm like, oh my God, you've been married forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we really have 21 years. <laughs> Well, congratulations, my friend. Well, thanks, man. I might spend uh, an hour or two of it watching a Walking Dead panel. Yeah, and uh, you know, pass on the congratulations to your wife too, because she's the real hero. Oh, in, in this situation, there you are not wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's funny. Today, uh, coincidentally, was my aunt and uncle's fifty-third wedding anniversary, and I saw a post on Facebook about it and thought, my God, fifty-three years is a long ass time. It really is. But it's longer than I've been alive. Yeah, both of us. For now. <laughs> right. Anyways, uh, June 26th, Wizard World, Walking Dead panel. You can check it out at wizardworld.com. All right. One more news item here. And this one's exciting too, I think. You know how the Walking Dead comic ended last year, Jason? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, it did. Yes, I do. Yeah. So last, ep- last issue of the, of the comic just came out of nowhere. And that was it. It was done. 
Well, there's going to be more Walking Dead comic. Really? In case. Like the actual Walking Dead, the Walking Dead comic. Well, pretty close. Pretty close. Um, just today, actually, this is kind of breaking news. Uh, Kirkman and Image Comics announced that they are going to be putting out a one-off standalone 36-page special focused on everybody's favorite villain, Negan, called Negan Lives. It's coming out on Wednesday, July the 1st. So again, that's not too far from now. And it's basically a one-off explaining what happened to Negan after his last appearance in the regular run of the comics. So okay. we, get, we get a little bit more Negan content. Uh, IGN reports this one-shot issue will explore what happens to Negan after his final appearance in The Walking Dead number 174. So whatever happened after that, we're going to find out. And here's, here's the nice part. Uh, they're actually releasing this to help support comic shops who are struggling, you know, to stay afloat when they've been forced to close during the pandemic. And now they're starting to reopen. Kirkman decided that he would do this as kind of something to draw people in and help them gain a little bit more uh, marketability and, and revenue for reopening. So Kirkman said this, while Charlie Adler and I had laid the series to rest, this felt like something special we could do for the store owners who made our series a success to begin with. To that end, I'm happy to report that 100% of the revenue generated from this book will go to the stores selling it. The retailer community does backbreaking work to get comics into the hands of our loving fans. We should all be doing more in these trying times to show them how appreciated they are. So well, that's fantastic. Every penny that they sell these for, the stores get to keep. And in fact, apparently um, there's a shipping cost involved with comics, you know, coming into comic book stores that the stores have to cover. Uh, right. It also said in this article that they've decided to waive all of that this time or just cover it. So receiving this book is going to cost the stores nothing. They get to keep all of the money generated from selling it. And it's Kirkman saying just, you know, it's the least I can do for a bunch of retailers that uh, were promoting my book from the beginning and helped make it a success, you know, at the start. So it's not just all the proceeds. Well, proceeds, it's, it's like, here's a bunch of comics, sell them and keep the money. Basically, yeah. It's like, here is a, here's, here's a comic that, you know, a lot of people are going to want. It's going to be popular. You just know, don't worry about it. Keep all the money. That's, I, I'm floored. That's fantastic. You're right. He, he may be a liar, but he's not a bad guy. No, he's not a bad guy. And I mean, you know, he's fronting all the costs, like all the publishing costs, the shipping costs. Uh, you know, he's, you know, writing the thing himself. He probably mm -hmm. has to pay the, uh, the illustrator. What's his name? Charlie Adler. Yeah. Charlie Adler. You said that before. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I missed it. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I'm flabbergasted. That's, that's amazing. Well, good job, Robert Kirkman and everybody at Image Comics or who had anything to do with this. It's, it's great. And listeners, I recommend you go pick it up, you know, go to your local comic shop, grab it. Um, I don't personally buy a lot of comics, although I was buying The Walking Dead every single month until it ended. And I'll be going and getting this. Absolutely. Uh, not only because I'm curious about what happened to Negan after he was 
uh, written out of the comic, uh, but also because my money will be going to help the stores survive. And, you know, it's the little things, right? I haven't been to a comic book shop since I lived near you and that comic book shop up the street that uh, I used to go to every now and again. Yeah. Uh, and I had uh, The Walking Dead on my pull list, but I haven't, you know, since I moved, I haven't been to a comic book shop. I haven't been to one around here. Uh, I'm not even sure where the nearest one is. I'd have to talk to Dave. But I'd go to a comic book shop for this. Well, ten- And I think that's probably the point. I, I, I think it might be. Yeah, you should do that. Figure out where your local comics shop is and, and just go in and grab it. You might as well. Um, I wonder if you still have a file, like a pull list at the, the shop near me, which is the one I go to still. <laughs> well, it would really suck if they didn't realize that I haven't been picking up my comics in, uh, you know, oh my God, it's been 10 years. You know what? I should go in and ask. And then if there's anybody out there that needs a copy of The Walking Dead from the last 10 years, it might be sitting in your file. Well, if it's in my file, I'd buy them. Oh, really? Right? Well, yeah. I'd, you know, I'd fork up the, the original cover price or whatever it was, but I don't think I'd pay the current price. But I mean, they'd be idiots not to, uh, uh, to take them out of there and sell them. I mean, they would be. They have to have a policy of if you don't pick up your comic in six months, we're selling it. Right? Well, maybe you'd think they'd try to get in touch with you though. I don't well, know. Well, it's I'm not. Well, maybe maybe they don't care. Maybe they're like because they have that policy of you know if it's you haven't picked it up in a year, I'm selling it, and they don't want to contact me because it's That's worth true. more in a year, right? It's it's money in the bank. They're just putting they're putting money into a folder and they're waiting for the money to make money, and then they pull it out of the folder and make more money. Well, I suppose that's true, but I am definitely going to ask about you when I go in there. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. Tell him I moved. I'm just super curious about it. Yeah. I'll be like, ah, he moved away. He's not coming back, but you know, it, just in case I'm curious. If there's, yeah. If that list still exists or that uh, folder still exists and it has comics in it, you know, pay the man <laughs> or pay the woman. I'll, I'll reimburse you. It's probably whatever it is. $500 worth of comics, isn't it? Whatever, man. I mean, if they've got $500 worth of comics sitting in a folder, that's money that I've taken from them. Uh, it feels like. It feels like, you know, I would have given them the money and they put those comics aside, assuming that I would give them the money. And I would feel absolutely horrible about that. I will pay whatever it is. I will pay it. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll go find out. As soon as this comes out, I'll take a trip in to get my copy. And yep. see what the deal is with your file. Yeah. You might as well buy two copies. Okay. Uh, they probably won't let you, but try. Well, they might. I, I, I have a file, but you know, that sort of ended when Walking Dead ended because that was the only thing that they would hold for me. I don't know if they're going to hold this for me. So I'm going to have to go in on day one just to be safe. Yeah. That's yeah, your best bet. All right. Uh, that is the Walking Dead news, everyone. So we've got some stuff to look forward to coming up, especially the season 10 finale Uh, Hopefully that is in about a month during San Diego Comic-Con. All right, now it is time to move away from The Walking Dead a little bit and talk about the 2020 uh, film called The Invisible Man. Mm -hmm. So, Jason, The Invisible Man. This is um, a story that has been around for a long time. It's been made into a movie uh, or... You know, the, the basic idea has been made into a movie, I think, a few times in the last hundred years. Um, but this is the most recent version of it. So it stars Elizabeth Moss, whom mm-hmm. you will know from shows like Mad Men uh, and The Handmaid's Tale. 
and West Wing. West Wing? Oh, yeah, she was on the West Wing. She was one of the uh, the daughters of the president. That's okay. where I know her from. That's what I think of her from. I've been a fan of hers since then. Really? I had no idea if she was on the West Wing. Yeah, she was the youngest daughter of uh, Jeb Bartlett. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't know that, but also the West Wing then. Yeah, um, she was kidnapped once on the show. And then recovered? And then recovered. That's correct. Oh, good. Good, good. Now I don't have to watch it. That's true. <laughs> uh, so The Invisible Man starring Elizabeth Moss. It came out in theaters early this earlier this year. And in fact, I just read today that since drive-in movie theaters have had a bit of a resurgence during this time because people can drive up and stay in their own cars and remain physically distanced from other people, um, they've been showing The Invisible Man. And apparently it is now number one at the box office again, even though it's already out on home video and digital platforms, people are going to the drive-in to watch this amongst some other movies, of course, but this is number one right now, which is kind of funny to me. That's, that's really kind of crazy. But also great. So what did you think, Jason Miles, of The Invisible Man starring Elizabeth Moss? Well, Christopher, let me tell you, I did not like this movie. Really? That's really? sad. Go into it. Well, I have a couple of problems. Uh, one, the biggest, the biggest problem I had with this movie is mine. It's, it's a problem with me. And it has to do with horror movies. Try not, to, we've spo- talked- try not to spoil it yet, because we are going to get into spoilers. But just in case you were going to say anything... Um, yeah, just no. hold back Not a yet. little. Okay. No spoilers yet. The, the, unless you're, the only spoiler is that I have a problem. Okay. That's but, not a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> not really. It's a spoiler. Yeah, I get it. Uh, so the problem is that, uh, I can't watch horror movies by myself because they bore me. I don't get scared. I don't get frightened. I don't get nervous. I only get annoyed at jump scares. And there was a few jump scares in this spoiler. Sorry. Uh, but mm. I mean, it's a you know, typical horror movie, but horror movies are wasted on me unless I watch them with somebody else. If I, uh, one of my favorite things to do is watch horror movies with Dave. Dave loves horror movies. Mm-hmm. I love watching horror movies when Dave's in the room because he enjoys it so much. It's infectious. I enjoy horror movies more when I'm watching them with someone else. I watch this movie by myself and I miss the point because I don't get scared. I don't get nervous. It just, uh, and so it, it's wasted on me. It just kind of flows over me. And the point of the movie, you know, really isn't a point to me. Is there anything else about a movie though, though, that you can, that you can take away from it other than just the, the, um, it, the movie's sort of, uh, point or desire to scare you. Like there's gotta be more to it than just that. Even in a horror film. You'd think, but that's, it's a primary point. Yeah. of uh, a lot of horror movies is that, you know, that thrill of the unknown, that thrill of what's going to happen, that thrill of being uh, nervous or afraid or, uh, you know, an- anticipating something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that doesn't happen to me when I mm. watch horror movies by myself. Interesting. So, well, so that's, that's the biggest problem I had with this movie was that I watched it by myself. I knew it was a mistake. The second I pressed play, I'm like, oh, this is going to be, damn it. It's going to, it's going to bug me. Well, and Jenny doesn't really watch this, these types of movies. Is that true? So you don't have her to watch them with? Uh, yeah. And our, our TV watching is all buggered up. 
<laughs> right? Uh, and she does watch, uh, she started watching uh, The Outsider. Uh, and she, mm-hmm. I thought we had watched this together, but apparently I only watched the first half by myself. So right. I'm not sure what the hell's going on there. But, uh, and then I watched the whole thing for this show. But she started watching it and she loves it. She thinks it's great that, uh, you know, Stephen King is a genius because he is, but she's, uh, she's really enjoying it. Well, wait till she gets to the final episode. We'll see. Yeah. She, then. she actually said that. This, she said, this is going to get really gross, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't make a comment. I'm sorry, sweetheart. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, it's too bad that you didn't like this because I thought it was a pretty solid experience, to be honest with you. I, 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 I think this movie had a few problems, but overall, I definitely recommend it because I found it creepy at times. Um, I know what you mean by it's hard to get really scared or really freaked out by a film. Um, but I, I, I certainly am able to experience sort of just the, the, the thrilling nature of, of movies like this sometimes and the creepiness. And I thought this movie did early on, or, or at least in the sort of middle third, a pretty good job with some of that. Uh, so, so I enjoyed that a lot. It's a really contemporary take on this classic story. You know, they, they add some pretty modern elements to a story that's been around a long time. And Elizabeth Moss is one of my favorite actors working today. I just absolutely love her. And part of that is because I'm such a huge fan of The Handmaid's Tale. But I was also a huge fan of Mad Men and you know, some of the other things she's done. And for me, this was no exception. She was fantastic in this and I just love, love watching her. So it seems like anything Elizabeth Moss is in for me just brings it up a level to begin with. Um, and I think that combined with the fact that I did enjoy this for the most part, um, I, I'd have to give it a pretty favorable, favorable review and unless, you know, thrillers really aren't your thing, I say give this one a watch. That would be my, my overall recommendation. Yeah. I would recommend, actually, I would recommend it as well because I do also like Elizabeth Moss and I've liked pretty much everything that she's been in. I recognize that the biggest fault with this movie is not with the movie itself. It's with uh, the person that watched it. <laughs> so I rec- I mean, it did have issues. And when we get into spoilers, uh, spoiler stuff, I'll start, uh, I'll, I'll start griping. But uh, I think overall I would recommend this as well. All right. Well, good. Okay. So, I mean, you may not have gotten a lot out of it, but it's still worth watching. That's great. So yeah. I think from here on in, there are going to be spoilers for The Invisible Man. Uh, if you haven't seen it, Obviously, beware if you have any interest in watching it, and I recommend you go check it out. So I'd say, Jason, the one of the things that I don't think worked great for this movie is that it ultimately tried to do a little too much. Um, yeah. I was I was hoping, and what I got for a good chunk of it was like a more sort of intellectual thriller. Uh, but ultimately it, and it had a lot of those elements, but it also turned into by the end, a little bit more of a typical like slasher or monster movie in a way. And well, it, the invisible man is supposed to be a monster movie. Yeah. Well, 
it, it can be, but I thought this was a little bit of a different take on that, right? Because, um, you know, I'm certainly not an expert in the, what I'm about to say, but this movie, I think was really going for a depiction of some of the lingering effects that stay with a person after they have escaped an abusive relationship. And, and I guess I should say briefly, you know, the plot of this movie is that Elizabeth Moth Moss plays a woman who is in an abusive relationship. She manages to get out of it and she's kind of hiding away and she's traumatized by it. She has a lot of PTSD from what she went through with this man whose character's name is Adrian. Yep. And I think the movie was really trying to sort of represent that with her dealing with this post-traumatic stress, um, you know, through her interactions with the invisible man and how he was tormenting her, you know, whether that rings true or not for people's like real experiences, I, I don't know. And I wouldn't feel comfortable commenting on, but I did think it was the movie giving us an interesting depiction of this kind of trauma. And, you know, I don't want to get too deep there, but you know, things like She's hiding away with some friends in a house after she's escaped and she has trouble even going outside. She can't even make it to the mailbox, you know, on by the sidewalk because she's so afraid um, yeah. and and stuff like that. So I, I, I really, you know, like maybe the wrong word, but I appreciated that aspect to this movie and I found it fascinating to see the movie's take on it. Um, but we sort of move past that eventually and get into the more slasher monster movie elements of it later on. And that was probably, well, I don't know if that was intentional. I mean, I guess it was in a way, but uh, I was hoping to kind of stick with that sort of feeling of of depicting someone's post-traumatic stress based on what, you know, this relationship she, that she escaped throughout the film and hopefully resolving that. And I guess in a way they did, but... It felt like it went a little bit more traditional slasher flick at the end. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I never really picked up on the uh, the parallels between uh, you know what the you know the uh, the monster movie and the uh, you know, the trauma of escaping a, an abusive relationship. I have to admit, I didn't pick up on that. Uh, so uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that does make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, my <laughs> My biggest issue is that, uh, based on the trailer that I had watched uh, a while ago when I first heard about this movie, uh, I thought that the movie was going to be a, uh, is this guy real or is she having psychological issues? Mm -hmm. And uh, the audience wouldn't know whether or not uh, it was real or she had psychological issues. Uh, but... Uh, based on the outset, and we're in spoiler territory now, right? We are indeed, yes. From the very first depiction of, uh, you know, she leaves the room while cooking something mm -hmm. and uh, the gas turns up, right? Not only from that, but that, the, the knife falls off the counter. Yes. So from that very moment, it's like, okay, well, he's real, right? He's really right. got a super suit that uh, makes him invisible. Uh, and therefore, that whole psychological aspect of the whole movie just went out the window like it's gone yeah and and i i do agree with that and i they certainly didn't spend a lot of time letting us wonder if the invisible man was real or not 
and you're right. I was, that was part of what I was hoping for, sort of leave it more vague for longer. If they're going to go either way with it, you know, real, yeah. not real, they didn't drag that out. They really let us know early on in the film. And you're right about that scene where the gas turns up and the fire starts in the kitchen. Um, that's, that's really where it became obvious. And it's because she wasn't in the room that when that happened, right? We, as the audience saw it happen, the character didn't see it happen. So you don't know if she's imagining it or not. Um, but I actually didn't even really go there quite yet during that scene. It was shortly after that, where she steps outside the house onto the front steps and it's cold out. So she, you can see her breath. And then as she's standing there, you see some breath behind her. Right. And, and that was for me where I was like, okay, well, there's clearly an invisible man there because she didn't see that breath again. We saw it. So why is it there? It's not a character thing. It's an audience thing. Yeah. But I, I liked that's those scenes. They, I thought they were creepy and uh, because they were sort of the first two examples of that sort of thing in the film, I was like, ooh, that's spooky, you know, and, and I, <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it. But uh, you're right. There's no question as to whether the Invisible Man is real or not from the audience's perspective. It takes a lot longer for the characters to figure it out, though. Yeah. And when they do, uh, th- that's another issue I had. So I had a, I had a number of, uh, you know, this is going to be a... N- uh, you know, based on the based based on the day uh, this is, it's going to be a nitpick nitpick picnic. Yeah, nit- it's picnic day, right? <laughs> it's nitpick picnic day international. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So another issue I had was when they f- did find out that he was real, when she uh, managed to kill that guy in her friend's house. Uh, this was after she escaped from a you know a prison where uh, what nine guards were murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and based on that, uh, they wouldn't just like let her go. It's like, oh, it was the invisible man. You're fine. Go ahead. You know, it, she would have, there would be like a huge investigation. She was in prison already for slashing someone's throat. And, uh, you know, they're just going to take her word for it at that point. Oh, it's the invisible man. It's like, well, the invisible man is real. So she couldn't have slashed that woman's throat, mm-hmm. uh, in the restaurant, you know, she'd still be in jail. They wouldn't just let her go, right? Right. I mean, the way she got out of there, though, was more of an escape than a release. But, yeah, it was an escape, right? She did escape, regardless of, and that's against the law as well. Uh, But there was, like, uh, multiple murders along the way, uh, along her escape route. So she would be, you know, implicated in those multiple murders, uh, regardless of whether an invisible man was real or not. Because prove the Invisible Man was there, right? Even though he's he's real, mm-hmm. just proof that he was in the room when you murdered nine guards. Yeah, well, you got to think there's surveillance cameras and stuff in that place. So they would have seen those guards basically killing themselves. And she was just standing there. But that I agree with you. That is one of the parts of the film that I didn't love as much. Um, but the thing that bothered me is that at that point, we were in full-on monster movie territory and the invisible man was basically blessed with superhuman strength at this point, the way he oh, was yeah. taking these guys out. Now, I will admit, as a non-invisible person, it would be really, really difficult to have a fight with an invisible man. You have no way of defending or attacking, and you just have yeah. to basically accept what comes at you. But it felt like the invisible man had super strength, to be honest. I think it was the suit. 
because she, uh, this was another problem I had at the end when she was in the suit, she exhibited super strength as well. So I assume the suit has, uh, you know, enhanced strength. I don't think she exhibited super strength. She was in the suit. She picks up a knife and cuts his neck. No, she picks up a knife in his hand and makes his hand cut his own throat. Right. But that's because when you're not expecting it, you're not fighting against it. And your hand is actually pretty, you know, limp. (laughs) Your arm. Sneak up on one of your daughters sometime and try and grab their hand and make them slap their own face. Just try it. I don't know if that It will not work. You think so? Uh, Yeah. Your anniversary's coming up. Try it with your wife. (laughs) I don't think either of those are a very good idea. (laughs) But, uh, well, you don't have any pets or any, you have a gerbil, but I don't think the gerbil would probably. Also, it's a hamster. Whatever. Uh, small rodent. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't think that, uh, that would be a good test subject, but you know, making somebody do something like that and their arm just going limp the whole time. Uh, is not really feasible, especially when it's going to cause them harm, right? Cutting his own throat. Well, maybe. So I assumed that because he exhibited super strength when wearing the suit, and she exhibited super strength while wearing the suit, that the suit has super strength. I never really thought of that, but I suppose you could be onto something. I just figured, you know, when you're not expecting that sort of attack, you're not ready to defend against it. But you're right, I guess your reflexes are pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be limp and then not move while you cut your own throat. Right. Well, I've been limp and not moving quite a few times in my life, so. Yeah, and very rarely have you cut your own throat. Almost never, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this, you know, while we're speaking of the suit, uh, did you notice that at some points the suit made a lot of noise? And at other points it was completely silent? What are you talking you about? You saw the cameras, the cameras, the little cameras that were in the suit, whenever they moved and you could see the cameras, there was like, <laughs> this was a loud goddamn suit, <laughs> un- unless it wasn't. Right. Uh, no, I so, didn't pick up on that, but now that you've mentioned it, I never want to watch it again and be annoyed by that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Even though I do that's, kind of want to watch it That's truly a spoiler, because that's not only telling you what happened, but ruining what you already saw. Yeah, exactly. Way to go, man. Uh, I thought the suit itself, when you saw it in its non-invisible state, also known as visible, uh, was really cool looking, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was an eyeball suit. It was an eyeball suit. Um, there's a word for people who are afraid of that kind of thing. There's a phobia for repeating patterns like that. And I don't remember what it is, but hopefully no one who watched this had their, uh, repeating pattern phobia flare up when they saw it. I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, that is one of the things I didn't love. I thought the monster or the invisible man was a little sort of overpowered at the end. But then, as I said, I kind of just accepted it because fighting an invisible man would be virtually impossible. You, you don't see what's coming and you're not able to attack. So, uh, I kind of bought into the fight scenes with him, but I can see your point about people not being able to at least tense their arm up a little bit when they're about to cut their own neck. So let me ask you another question. Sure. <clears throat> uh, you can't see behind you, right? Nope. Like you, you don't have 360 degree vision? No. All right. Imagine if you will, you're coming home and you've got your keys out and you unlock the door and you open the door and then you close the door and then you lock the door again. Yes. Do it every day. Uh, how much room do you leave for someone else to get into the house? I mean, not a ton. 
not a ton. No. Exactly. So <laughs> this guy not only possesses super strength and invisibility, but the ability to walk through walls because he can get into a friggin' jail whenever he wants, right? An actual jail cell. And uh-huh. he's fine there, even though, you know, how much power can this suit have? Does it have like 14 hours worth of power? Because this is a jail cell. That door is going to be locked for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny you mentioned that because one of my other nitpicks about this movie was that if you think about it too hard, when it comes to stuff like that, it does lose a little bit of credibility, especially when Elizabeth Moss's character is in custody, because the way the movie plays out, he's basically in the room with her the entire time. She's, he's always there, whether, you know, and we never see him. And I'm thinking like, okay, he's, she's locked in this, this cell which is more like a hospital room than a cell, but he's in the shower. Yeah. Not so bad. He's in there with her. What's his plan? He has to stay there until they come and let her out again. Like standing there silently. Like what if he has to take a leak or something? You know, he's it's, it's, it's problematic to say the least. So, um, you know, if you think about that a little bit too much, yeah, absolutely. It's like, what's he doing? But again, I tried not to think about it too much. Okay. (laughs) If I'm a private citizen, which uh-huh, I am, uh-huh. and I invented an invisibility suit that was perfect, uh, I don't think I'd stalk an ex-girlfriend or an ex-wife. I got some other shit I can think of that I would want to do. Yeah, maybe, but this guy's deranged, right? So this is this is all he can think about. You're not deranged. And, and, the, and this is his choice, right? Yeah. Like, go see some free movies, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that'd be the easiest thing. I mean, the idea of this kind of technology is actually pretty terrifying when you think about it, you know, you put, somebody puts this on and they can do almost anything they want. They can go and get into almost anywhere they want. They can, as we saw in this movie, they can manipulate you and they can gaslight you in whatever way they want, frame you for murder, affect your job. Those things both happened in this film to Elizabeth Moss. I mean, if somebody was suddenly invisible, Society would be fundamentally changed if everybody had this tech, or even yeah, if but not only some you would. Did. This tech alone would not do it, right? And we've talked about this before. One, you can see his breath, so uh, respiration is still there. So if you can see his breath, you can hear his breath. And his suit is well. I would have to. It, I assume it had uh, sound mufflers, uh, unless the cameras were acting up uh, and not working properly, because it was absolutely silent before that. Uh, and not only that, but you would have to be super silent as well. Don't bump into anything. Don't step on any hard surfaces that might make a noise when you step on them. Unless, cause I assume you've got cameras on the bottom of your feet, right? Uh, you have to have cameras and projectors everywhere, basically. Yeah. So the cameras on the bottom of your feet, probably you're making some kind of clacking noise on, uh, you know, hard surfaces. Well, look, I'm not saying it would be easy, but I'm saying that the things that people could do with a perfect invisibility cloak like this are, are staggeringly terrifying when you start thinking about it. Whether a cloak is impractical, I think using invisibility tech on inanimate objects such as cameras or other surveillance equipment or planes or drones or something else. Uh, is absolutely terrifying. That's true. Like having a drone flying overhead that is completely, uh, well, we'd not only have to be, you know, visible light invisible, but, uh, you know, radar is uh, electromagnetic. So I assume that the, the suit can project uh, 
uh, any spectrum of electromagnetic radiation, not only just visible light, but x-rays and, uh, and, and the like. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So it'd be radar invisible too. So you put this on a plane, that plane is invisible. Absolutely invisible. <laughs> like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm, you know, even if you put it on a human being, even though it would be difficult in some circumstances, the things you could get away with are just mind boggling. So yeah, it's kind of freaky technology when you really think about it. And, you know, if we ever get there, boy, who knows what's going to happen to the world. I'm, I'm super not scared. No. <laughs> I I think it's completely an impractical solution. I think that uh, you know mental projection is probably a more of a reality than uh, you know invisibility. Oh, who knows? I don't know. Maybe right. <laughs> you take enough LSD, I bet you can project your your mental your mental uh, state into another room. <laughs> I assume I've never taken LSD, but that's what I assume happens. I guess so. Yeah, neither have I. Wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, what did you think about the scenes in the film where Elizabeth Moss is fighting the Invisible Man? And of course, you can only see her. You can't see him. But you see her struggle against nothing and do all of the things that you you see pl plenty of times in, in movies where two characters have a physical altercation. But you only see half of it in this one. What do you think of those scenes? I thought it was good, and I thought that those were really well done, and I think that was the entire point of this movie, was to have those scenes, uh, you know, from a technological point of view and what they could, uh, what they can do with uh, computer graphics these days. Yeah. Uh, that's the entire reason that they made this movie, was to be able to uh, have those particular scenes. I wouldn't go that far personally, but I Too do cynical? think- Maybe a little bit. I think the movie had more to say than that and more entertainment than just that. But I thought those scenes were amazing too. I really thought it was haunting actually in a way, watching her struggle against nothing that way, but you kind of know what's happening anyways. Um, and yeah, I loved them. I thought it was really, really good. That being said, I thought almost everything in the house was, was pretty great. Um, slow straight camera moves where you're like, oh my God, we're just looking at an empty room right now, but are we, are we going to see something? Is something going to move? Is some, are we supposed to be seeing something? I love right. that kind of stuff. I thought the attic scene was great. And the paint scene was yep. to be fair, a bit of a jump scare, but it was one of the better ones in my opinion that I've, I've seen. I thought that was really, really clever and well done. Uh, but everything in the house was good, including those fight scenes. So. I, that's sort of the middle third of the movie, most of that. And that was my favorite part. I really, really enjoyed all of that stuff. Right. That brings up another point that this suit, uh, even though it's super high technology is bested by a handful of flour, yep. you know, and you can see them. Yeah, that's right. right. Just blow some flour into the air and you're good. <laughs> right. Listen to the movie's credit. I thought for sure I was a hundred percent certain that at the end, because it was a downpour, there was rain, I thought for sure the movie was going to do that thing where, oh, he's revealed because the rain, you can see like a human-shaped outline where the rain's not falling. And I'm like, okay, movie, that's obviously what you're going to do. But then, to their credit, they didn't do it. Yeah, I'll have to give them credit. I thought that that was going to happen as well. And uh, frankly, I'm a little surprised they didn't do that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's... I thought for sure 
But when you think about it, it's like, okay, if everyone sees that coming, maybe that's a little bit of the lazy approach. But no matter what, they didn't do it. And I credit them for that. Um, let's see. A couple of other things I wanted to just point out is that uh, I thought the guy who played the brother uh, was fantastic. So Adrian is Elizabeth Moss's ex boyfriend he has a brother who's who's who a lawyer who's kind of dealing with his estate i thought that guy was amazing in the film too he was very creepy he was super creepy um really really good uh and and i actually rewatched parts of the film earlier today just before we were going to record this and i noticed that there's actually some shots in the movie that are from the perspective of the invisible man which i didn't realize the first time through for example there in the house, they're celebrating the bank account thing, which anyone who's seen it will know what I'm talking about. And they're kind of celebrating, dancing around the room a little bit, having a mock pillow fight. And the camera's with them at first, but then it cuts to this long shot from down the hall where it's it looks like it's almost peeking around a corner. And I didn't pick up on it the first time that when I watched it through a second time, I'm like, oh my God, we're getting Invisible Man point of view. That's him watching them do this right now. So cool. I thought that was pretty cool. It was a weird shot, but it makes sense in the context of the movie, which which I thought was really neat. So I didn't catch that at all. Yeah. That's great. It, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens a few times in the film, um, but it's subtle. You know, you don't really realize it at first. Um, Let's One see. One thing I did want to bring up that you, you mentioned and I mentioned both was the jump scares. Yeah. Uh, not only were there jump scares, which I don't like jump scares. I think they're cheap. Uh, but the sound design of the jump scares were really annoying. Like the sound of whatever, it was the sound of bacon frying or eggs frying, which was incredibly loud and, uh, you know, percussive. But then the sound changed to normal eggs frying. Uh, so it, it was not just all of a sudden eggs frying. It was uh, the sound of this 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 scary eggs frying that morphed into regular eggs frying, and that's just one of the three or four times that I noticed that in uh -huh. the movie, and it really irritated me. Like if they just had the regular jump scare of uh, something with with normal sound design, it would have been okay. But this uh, this it seemed really cheap to me. Well, the movie used what I like to call the day in the life effect. You know the Beatles song. Uh, a Day in the Life? I do. Well, it's that song where, towards the end of it, um, there's a slow buildup of percussive musical noise, in a way, and then it stops, and, you know, there's a, right. there's a piano note at the end, right? Yeah, woke and, up, got out of bed. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it, it all builds up like that in that way. And then it just cuts at the top and that's it. And this movie did that kind of thing. And you hear this in movies, especially sort of thrillers or horror movies, uh, you know, a fair bit. Um, and it can be kind of annoying, but I guess it's a way of ramping up tension a little bit and then um, either ending with a jump scare or just cutting. And then you really you really hear the silence after the noise. Right. Right. Um, and this movie did that. I thought it was pretty effective, though. I didn't mind it, but I guess it's not the same for everybody. It doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, it didn't really work for me. Yeah. Sadly. Um. Well, the last thing I was going to mention here is that did this movie? And it's a question for you. Did this movie have one too many twists at the ending? 
And again, we're in spoilers here, so I guess we can talk about the twists. We've already kind of mentioned them a little bit as we've talked about it. Um, but I think there was one key twist and then sort of a, a secondary one right at the, right at the end. Um, and I'm not sure personally it needed both. You could have just, uh, you could have just gone with the one twist ending and been done with it. And I feel like I would have been satisfied. I don't recall the twists because I knew what was going to happen. The, the one at the very end, as soon as she got her hand, started peeling that suit off of the mannequin, I knew exactly how the movie was going to end. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, okay, she'll don the suit at the end and kill him. Yeah. Right. That's so, you know, he gets his, uh, a taste of his own medicine. That's that. So I knew that was going to happen. So that, I assume that's the one twist you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, the, in a way, there's three. The one is that, yes, she uses the suit at the end to kill him. The other two are when she she manages to kill the Invisible Man before that. It turns out that it's his brother in right. the suit and not him. Uh, and then he was supposed to be dead. Adrian, her, her, her boyfriend, was supposed to be dead, and he's not dead. So that's kind of a twist. Um. And then I guess the fourth one would be that he claims he had nothing to do with all of this and all of the terror that the Invisible Man inflicted on her. She doesn't believe him, though. But then the way he phrases a particular sentence and a word he uses while he's talking to her in that final scene, I think it's supposed to make us believe that it actually was him all along, except for that one time when his brother was in the suit. So... I mean, that's very confusing, of course, if you haven't seen the movie, but I think there were four twists in this film uh, of varying degree, and it may have been too many, in my opinion. Like, do one big good one that you don't see coming instead of four little ones that you can all sort of see coming. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I do know what you mean. And uh, yeah, I didn't really see them as twists. I just thought them as, thought of them as, you know, continuation of this movie that was happening <laughs> this is just the way it played out <laughs> yeah so uh yeah but i guess the biggest frustration i had was they tele telegraphed uh the ending like a mile away see i think though what they were hoping for was let's give the audience this because i saw that coming a mile away too right the her putting on the suit I think yep. they were saying, let's give the audience this so they don't see the brother thing coming or they don't see this other thing coming, right? And I must admit, I didn't expect the brother to be in the suit. That was a surprise for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, I mean, it was, it was unexpected. I don't know if it, was, I would, it would rise to the level of surprise for me, but it was unexpected, but inevitable uh, because, you know, when in doubt, there's two of them. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. So, you know, movies have been doing that for centuries. I, I assume that they've been making movies for centuries. <laughs> About a century, uh, maybe. And it was, you know, it was a secret before then, right? Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, the Illuminati making movies before uh, they came out to the public. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, they've been doing this for a long time. And uh, so when I saw it was the brother, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's the <laughs> and thing. I didn't, it didn't make me think that the, the uh, that her ex-husband... Uh, was actually dead, and then it was this fuckhead the whole time. Uh, I, you know, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, okay, so two of them got the suits, because we know there's more than one suit. Like, we knew that, right? Because he was wearing the suit, and she took a friggin' Uber all the way to his house and found another suit. Uh-huh. So, 
uh, you know, how many suits is that so far? That's two. So there's probably more, right? There can't just be two. No, no, that's true. So, why build anyway. one when you can build two for twice the price? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, why have one when you can have two at twice the price? I've been quoting that to my wife for like a year now. <laughs> of course, because you want to buy two of everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I would like to have that. So let's have two. <laughs> I need two Lego giant Millennium Falcons, honey. <laughs> uh, not a bad idea. One for me and one for Jasper to break because he's been, it's not done. It's not done, but he's been peeling pieces off. And now I got to go back and kind of fix what he's been oh. taking off the thing every now and again. And then finish it. Yeah, you got to finish that and then seal it in a glass case and never touch it again. Uh, yeah, I have such a case. Good. I bu- I bought a I bought another display case. Of course you did. Probably two Not of them. For it, but it will fit in it. All right, good. Okay, so The Invisible Man starring Elizabeth Moss. I thought it was pretty good despite some of the shortcomings of it. I enjoyed it a lot. I would recommend watching it. Elizabeth Moss was amazing, in my opinion, as she always is. I thought the movie tried hard to have a have an interesting message. The fight scenes were fantastic. The tech was kind of cool. And I just think it was a really well-made movie, even though it had, you know, some stretches of logic that are hard to ignore if you think about them too much. But uh, other than that, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, overall, I'd give it three and a half thumbs up out of seven. And a yeesh. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure how to comment on that scale, but I yeah. sort of get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I feel about it. What are you going to do? All right. Very good. If you watch The Invisible Man and have any thoughts or comments on it, uh, let us know. I would love to hear from some listeners about what they thought about this movie. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, it makes me want to do an Elizabeth Moss film festival and just watch everything she's in. Did I say festival or festival? I think I said festival. I I don't know. I heard festival. Okay, good. Your brain just so, fixed it for you. Yeah, but I'm very forgiving of you. Uh-huh. Well, that's lucky. <laughs> well, you know, After, you know I, I had to learn how to be your friend, and to do that, I have to be very forgiving. Well, yeah. And now you've sat here through 489 episodes of this show <laughs> with me, and yeah. it's still going. So if only Elizabeth Moss would do a guest spot on The Walking Dead, we could justify a complete uh, film festival. We could. Uh, actor Spotlight. We could. I mean, you know, I, I've already seen everything that she's been in pretty much. Ah, uh, there's some stuff I haven't seen. Uh, some things I didn't even realize she was in. And she's been in a few movies lately that I haven't seen other than this one, of course. Um, so I don't know. I might seek those out. I, I'm, I have yet to find something that I didn't like with her in it or didn't think she was great. So it is the age of Moss. Sure. And uh, that's exciting. All right. Uh, that is it for this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Um, we will be back in two weeks. Honestly, again, I'm not sure what we are going to cover then, but we will try to find something. And the way it's going, uh, I expect there to be more Walking Dead news. Who knows? By then, maybe we'll have an official announcement on the uh, actual air date for the season uh, 10 finale. And then two weeks after that, it's almost Comic-Con, so we might be talking about that episode then, which I'm very much excited to do. So let's hope yeah. that is the case. I can go to Comic-Con this year. Oh, since man. it's going to be online. That's awesome. That's exciting. I'll make sure you I have- I can't wait to get all the free stuff. <laughs> all the exclusives you can buy. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Every year, I feel bad. I feel, I feel like 
I'm missing out on the whatever Lego Comic Con Lego exclusive is because they always have a Lego exclusive. Yeah. And I always know what it is, and I always feel like I missed out, and I don't want to pay a uh, hundred times retail for it. So maybe this year I can get on a mailing list, and they could mail it to me. I don't know. Who knows? Let's let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. But in any case, you can go. It'll be fun. Yay. It'll be fun. I'll be there too. We can hang out. That's right. All right. <laughs> they, uh, we have, we have the technology. That's right. We sure do. Uh, okay. So in a couple of weeks though, we'll be back with a discussion of some movie or TV show. I will try to post about it in advance on our Facebook page. Uh, if I can, this time I didn't for the invisible man. Cause to be honest, we only decided to do it a few days ago and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Like we said off the top, it's been busy. It's been a bit of a crazy time last little bit, so we didn't have time to get organized, but we'll try to do better. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you of course can do that by visiting our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com. Click on send voicemail at the top and you can send us a message with your voice. And that's a great way to do it. You can also use your recording app on your phone, which usually gives really good quality and record yourself that way. And uh, either way, those get emailed to us at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com, which is also the address you can just send your emails to. If you, so if you have any thoughts or comments or questions, send them in like that. And uh, I read them all and try to get some of them on the show when I can. Our Facebook page is at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. All our episodes get posted there. Sometimes I post news there as well for discussion. And if we can get our act together, we'll... Uh, let you know what we're going to cover next time on the show on Facebook as well. I so, thought for sure you were going to say nudes. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I post nudes there. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, Chris. Nobody wants that. <laughs> no, I'm like, I haven't been to Facebook in a long time. That's weird. Uh, yeah, that's that would be awfully unusual for me. And uh, nobody wants that. <laughs> I didn't know that Facebook had gone full porn. It was so slow. We barely even noticed it was <laughs> happening, Jason. noticed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's where you can find the news occasionally, but never the nudes. Until next time, everyone. Thank you so much. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.